you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. got a problem. Uh, in the restroom, we found evidence of some drugs. And so, uh, we can't let that go on here, right? And so, I think what we need to do is we need to uh, maybe everybody open your bags up and see uh, what you've got. Maybe Brad can come through and um, help us um, find out who the culprit is. Velma looks rightly horrified <laughs> in this moment. It's not April Fool's. That was yesterday. I hate April Fool's. I hate April Fool's. This is what happened in the first time I ever joined a mob. Uh, you would not be shocked to know that in seventh grade I was a bit of a nerd. I was a member of the Farmville Middle School Civics Club. It's about as cool as my membership in the chess team and the Bible club. Um, part of all those. Um, we went to our uh, local government offices to do a tour, and they told us they had found drugs in the restroom, and that they wanted to search our bags to figure out who did it. I was horrified, because if, if, you, if you've heard my stories, you know I tended to get in trouble because other people kind of led me astray, right? I was the one who was doing all the stuff uh, that could get you in trouble, and I was like, I didn't do this! But I felt real scared, because authority figures were coming after us. And April Land, our class president, led the charge. They're not searching my bag. We have rights. They're not searching my bag. How long do you think it took to whip a bunch of seventh graders up into our, our discussion of our rights? Instantaneously, virtually the entire group was declaring the things that we held in common as our, our, uh, our sacred rights. And you weren't searching our bags. You can call our mother. You weren't. You're not searching my bag. We'll stay here all day if we have to. They sent us out and said, okay, it seems like there's some conflict. Y'all eat lunch and talk, and then we'll, we'll search bags afterwards. I am horrified the whole time, because I am so naive, I did not catch on that this was a civics exercise uh, at all. All lunch, I am nearly in tears, but I'm like, they're not searching my bag, it's our rights. But I'm thinking like, if I let them search my bag, it'll prove it's not me. We're not searching my bag. You've never seen a group of seventh graders join a mob so fast and so firmly. I've found that I am prone to be whipped up into mob mentality pretty easily. Uh, It doesn't take much for me to find a cause and join it and get right with whoever's the loudest voices uh, with whatever cause is at hand, right? Marilyn's shaking her head. I mean, it can be puppies on TV or uh, march downtown. Whatever it is, you can work me up into foaming whatever. Moms are a pretty common thing in our life, right? You don't have to look very far on the news any day to see a group whipped up into excitement about something. And it can run the whole political gamut of what we can get whipped up and excited about, right? 
from the far left to the far right to those who would say they're not right or left, uh, the topic of the day can uh, be that uh, you come and fight about, or you're passionate about, or you care about. It's fun to fight and to care and to be mad in a group, isn't it? It's definitely safer. It's one thing to be the one kid going, you're not searching my bag. It's another thing to be like the 472nd kid to say, you're not searching my bag. But there's this safety in numbers, right? It's a little scarier to be the one person protesting down uh, at the courthouse about something than to be part of the crowd that's going all the way down the streets. And mobs are not a new thing. Scripture, uh, our scriptures of this week are scriptures of mobs. story of some people uh, uh, worked up into some moments. And it, it punctuates this week. It, it, in the very beginning of the week, and in the highlight of our special services, and in, in the end of our week, it's, it's a mob moment. Our gospel text today starts with Jesus and his disciples coming down uh, from the northern parts of, of uh, Israel, coming down into the eastern side of the Jordan River, heading over into Jerusalem. And uh, we have this all too familiar story of go get me this donkey, bring it in, and Jesus rides into town to a mob of people. This moment uh, is easy for us to miss when we talk about palm branches. Did you notice there's also coats involved? Carrie noticed. Mark, can I borrow your coat? Okay, Mark wears very nice clothes. They are stylish. And I feel risky, like Andy, Andy might get mad at me about this. I mean, the pocket square is nicer uh, than many things. I'm, can I, Marilyn, can I have all those palm branches? Um, so they're waving palms. Mark, how many coats do you have? A number, right? Okay, 25. A, a number of coats. We're gonna pretend this is Mark's only coat that he wears everywhere he goes. And the masses know that Jesus is coming. And they tell, I feel really, Andy's like, are oh, you going to do it? I am going to do it really. And they line the road with palm branches and coats for Jesus to sit on a donkey. I'm not going to step on this coat right now, Andy. I know the line to cross. That is not it. Is it, Brad? I'm not crossing that line. For them to ride a donkey over as they shout, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. I'm going to go ahead and give you a jacket back before I accidentally step on it. <laughs> this mob is, is worked up into a tizzy. It says they quaked. It's the language of earthquakes, as if the whole place is shaking. They are foaming at what is happening, and they're shouting, what? Hosanna. What does Hosanna mean? Save us. Often we raise these palm branches and we shake them and we think what we're saying is hallelujah. There's a big difference. This crowd is looking to Jesus, riding in on this donkey that feels to them like a big deal because this story is drawn right from the books of Ze Zechariah. Zechariah, right? Dick? Zechariah, the Psalms, and Isaiah. One who comes in the name of the Lord, riding in on a colt on the, on the child of a donkey, the one who can save us. And there's this mass of people shouting, save us. 
the son of David. You're a prophet. You're the one who comes in the name of Yahweh, our Lord. Save us. That's a fun mob to be part of, isn't it? When you think everything is finally coming true. When the one who has been promised is at hand. When the the prophetic words are being fulfilled, it's easy to join that crowd even as there's a city around them. It's, It's easy to miss in the story. There's the crowd and then there's the city. And it says that that the crowd began to explain to the city what was going on. It's him. This is the one. Everything they told us is coming true. Save us. And by Thursday night, There's not a person to be found except for the few women who had stuck with him. Every one of the named men has vanished off the face of the story. The uh, one disciple has betrayed him. The other one has denied him three times. Jesus has been taken by Caiaphas and the authorities. And the mob is gone. Hosanna, save us. Can't even save yourself. The men flee. And hope is lost. Friday, Christ goes to the cross. And we're familiar with the, the story of him breathing his last breath and, and the curtains of the temple being ripped in pieces and the earth quaking. We've gone from the masses quaking at their excitement that the one who could save them is at hand to this moment where hope seems lost. This crowd that shouted, Hosanna saved us. Surely some of them were in the crowd on Thursday going, crucify him. Give us Barabbas, crucify him. And now they look from a distance, maybe from a second story window somewhere uh, over on the valley, and they look and they see him dead. And the earth quakes as he gives up his spirit. Uh, The women and Joseph of Arimathea uh, lead him to the tomb And surely you wonder what people are thinking as they're sitting in their homes that evening. We went to that like protest last week. It seemed like everything was good. This was like a revolutionary moment. The one that, that they said was coming is coming and he's dead and in a tomb. Oh well. How fast the masses sat and quaked at the excitement of the one who could come and save and how fast they abandoned him and sat surely in frustration as a new quake hit as Christ gave himself up. 
There's not a good another mob story. Have is a post-resurrection moment where the crowds understand. But instead, it's person by person and small group after small group that Jesus appears to in his resurrection, and they get it. Often taking a while. One guy's got to put his fingers in the holes in Jesus' body. Uh, another crowd has to be asked, another guy has to be asked three times, like, do you love me? Yeah, I told you I love you. Do you love me? Yeah, I told you I love you. Uh, the Spirit of God has to pour out before the crowds get excited again about what God is doing in the world. easy to get worked up with a mob. It's easy to get excited, but it's real easy for that moment to pass. There's those few people in the center of the story that we often overlook. It's the women and Joseph. Their names aren't listed. The stories mix up who they are. But there's a group who didn't let this mob moment define them. As one group fled and shouted, crucify him, they stayed. Our Palm Sunday moment uh, as Christians in America has passed. Uh, the fomented, worked up together, we're all going to be Christians, kumbaya moment has passed. Our quaking has happened. And now the question is, if we're going to run and be with the other crowd that shouts, crucify him, or if we're going to be like the nameless, faceless few who stayed. I studied this text earlier in the week with a group who's finishing up their discipleship intensive, and I, and I had these very profound words written as my final moment, and I said, but I can promise you I'm not going to say these words because I don't manuscript. I said, I don't know how I'm going to end this message, and all week I have not known how I'm going to end this message. I want to leave it in this tension of, are we going to be those people? Uh, I want to bear witness that you are those people. The masses have fled. Um, it is, uh, it is one hundred percent countercultural that you are in this room at this moment right now, even in Lexington, Kentucky, Southern America. It is uh, different that you are here. The crowds that uh, have given up on him have fled away, and you have shown up here. And I've sat in a room with so many of you and heard your heart, and know that. Uh, even as, as it is difficult and even as things might not be clear to answer sometimes, that you are not running away. And instead you're crying, Hosanna. Come, save us. You're trusting in God's grace, not the energy of some mob. I pray for a new quaking amongst the people of Andover where we draw upon the spirit of God work in us and in work of each, and in, at work in each of us, that uh, there might be a new excitement. 
the Spirit might do a new thing because God is always doing new things. And because I know you and I know that the Spirit of God is at work in you and I know that no matter how many Monday, Thursdays, and Good Fridays there are, there is always an Easter to come afterwards. And friends, Christ defeated death that morning and the tomb shook as an earthquake when he came forth. And they didn't recognize him. It took a minute. It took some time. He had to say Mary before she knew it was him. He had to give them the bread at the road to Emmaus before they knew it was him. And that's okay. We're not people at perfection yet, but praise Jesus, we're people moving on to perfection and we will be an Easter people together. Amen? It's not what I wrote in the manuscript, Marilyn, but I think that's where we're going to end, okay? Would you pray with me? God, would you move in mighty ways amongst the people of Andover? That in a world that has largely picked up their coats and their palm branches and gone back home, that we might continue to cry out to you, save us. That we might pray day after day, lavish us, God, with your grace, that we might be a holy people and mean it. Lord, have your way and fill us. Lord, work within us a new excitement that the people of Andover quake and that people want to be part of what you are doing here in our midst. Lord, we know that there is no way that we can manufacture anything, but that you working in and through us can change the world. And Lord, we believe that you will do it. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Hosanna, come and save us. We love you and we trust you. We pray this all in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Those crowds expected, they expected the uh, insurrection. They expected an overthrow of the Roman government. They expected a mighty military moment when it was clear that Israel was once more the power of the region. And instead, they got a man on Thursday night saying, I'm dying for you. Jesus inauguration began as, as he walked into town on a donkey and reached its fullness as Jesus said, I'm going to offer myself up for you. Offer myself up for you. And each moment we come, each week we come to this table, we, we come as a people recognizing our need for God's grace, saying, Hosanna, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.